Otepu. UT, yeah. What up, what up, what up? It's your boy, M. Dot, motherfucking serious in the building. This is the Wake Your Ass Up podcast on your ass. Live one time for your motherfucking mind. Now we back once again with the brothers, UG, and I'm on Ray, a.k.a. Jarrell Wilson. What's up, brothers? Y'all all right? Peace and love. Peace and love to the people. Peace and love to this and audience. Most definitely, man. Today, we got another special treat. We're going to talk about the subject of police brutality um, within the black and brown community. As you all know, there's been several um, murders by police on um, African-Americans within the past three years. There's been an uprising these, in these um, neighborhoods, and there's been a lot of media attention on this subject. And also, there have been protests, like the one with the brother Colin Kaepernick. Shout out to Mr. Kaepernick for standing up for the people. Um, for people just trying to stand up and do what's right. There's been a lot of um, backlash because of this. Even right now, the NFL is going through some things that change some policies because of this. So this is a big deal. This is something, something that needs to be talked about. Um, so I've been doing a little research on this subject. And what I've come to find out is in within the last three years, there have been at least 15 high-profile cases with police brutality against blacks. Um, there has There has been 11 settlements um, and only like two convictions. There's only really one case, which is the one with, I think, uh, M. Scott or Willie Scott, where the family was given a large sum of money and the police officer got life in prison. I'm sorry, Walter Scott. Let me rephrase there, Walter Scott. Um, and the family got actually $6.5 million and the police got 20 years. So pretty much that's life. To me, that's justice. But these other people, man, um, they only got settlements. The cops got acquitted and basically got away with murder. And um, that's a problem. Uh, our babies shouldn't be killed by the people that's supposed to protect them. Um, me being a military background, um, I know how to use a weapon. I've been taught the proper way to use a weapon, take one apart, put it back together. And one of the first things they tell you is, uh, you know, you don't point your weapon at anything you don't, you don't intend to shoot. Um, you keep your fingers out the trigger until you intend to fire. And if there's not a threat, there's no point in you engaging. So these people who teach this course are usually ex-police officers. A lot of them are ex-SWAT, SWAT, you know. So I know these people know these things. They've been taught these things. They know. So I don't know if it's out of fear. I don't know what, what's going on. But it needs to stop. Um, and it's it's a problem. And, and if, if a person is man enough to pull the trigger and take a life and they need to be man enough to stand up and deal with the consequences that come behind that. You don't get a pass for that because that's somebody's baby. And um, the brother Jarrell Wilson is going to go a little bit deeper, but I just want to give you guys a little background um, on this, this uprising that's, that's been happening. And also on my phone, I see every day there's some type of, um, brutality going on it you know with that's one thing about the social media platform and it really exposes a lot of the um this disease that's going on and it, and it's it's out of control man they don't have any respect for for us in our own communities you know they don't have any respect man because if they did they would treat us better um it's really 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 a uh sad thing to see and i'm tired of looking at it but the man Jarrell Wilson, man, go ahead and uh, give him a little bit more of a deeper look into this subject. Um, and then I'm going to have my man UG come in and also 
And like I said, I'll uh, interject as I can to try to ask some questions that the people want to know. Yes, sir. Uh, Otepu, Shalom, all greetings of peace, namaste. I go by the name of Jarrell Wilson, spiritual comedic name, Amin Ra, Amun Ray. And uh, today we're going to touch on police brutality and um, what's going on in America, the climate in America. Now, whenever we have a problem, we got to deal with this thing like a doctor. So today, if you guys would be so kind to give me a couple minutes to allow me to diagnose this problem and allow me to pay doctor. Um, We have to deal with the root of problems. When you're dealing with roots of problems, you have to deal with the history and you have to deal with cause and effect. So now if we look at the territorial land of the Americas and what we call the United States of America, we will see that the prehistory um, of the Europeans dominating or wanting to dominate on what they call the new world. Um, you can see that these people are obsessed with controlling the natives, um, all the indigenous people from Africa and all over the place that have settled in these lands of shores of America. So when we deal with our history, with our history going back, let's say we're going to say, um, I'm going to just go back about 200 years. I ain't going to go too far back in the past, but I'm going to go back 200 years. Uh, I'm going to give y'all some uh, brief history. So now, when we're dealing with the police force, first of all, we have to, have to, my people got to understand that we have to deal with the slave catchers, okay? So your first group of police officers actually came from slave catchers, the slave patrollers. So uh, when we look at the slave patrol, um, when we look at the badges that they wore, if you go to Google, it's a it's an easy Google. When you look up the badges that they wore, it says runaway slave patrol. And when you look at the badges that the runaway slave patrollers had, it's the same badges as the deputy sheriffs wear today. So now, what were the responsible? Excuse me. What was the responsibility of the slave? The slave catcher's responsibility was he had a policy that was set upon him by the slave masters. The word police. It's, it's short for the word policy. If you take the E off and, and you put a Y, you get the word policy. Okay. So these are a group of people that's getting the real quick. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Real quick. That's the Edamon again. That's the Edamon. Yes, sir. That's, again. That's the Edamon. One more time. Yes, sir. Just in case you didn't catch that or you didn't watch that episode, um, you need to go back and check that out because we touched on this previously. So if you're a person who this your first time listening, Go back and listen to the etymology episode, and that's what he's referring to. Go ahead, brother. Sorry about that. No problem. Yes. Um, and so when you deal with this word, we got to deal with word, right? So uh, when we deal with the word officer, it deals with office, okay, which is dealing with officials, which is dealing with a government and a power and authority, okay? And then also when we deal with the word officer, we have to deal with overseer, if you overseer, okay? So now you get these groups of people who are overseers over these other group of people who are, who are considered to be property, chattel property, AKA slaves. So now you have your police officers who have one duty 
and one duty only. It is said to be a misnomer that the police officers are supposed to uphold the Constitution or are supposed to uphold your rights or supposed to serve and protect the people and also the Constitution. But we can clearly see that before the Constitution was ratified, we can clearly see that these constitutions and institutions that these guys had set up for the temperament and for the environment for slavery and for it to go on perpetually. Um, so now when we're dealing with the slave catchers, so now the Constitution comes around uh, and it gets ratified. And so now the South, the South and the North, they're at odds with each other. The South and the North, they're at odds in each other, which is the Confederacy is the South. The 13 states of the South is the, is the Confederacy, which is Mississippi, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, Louisiana, Texas, Arkansas, Tennessee, Kentucky, Missouri, Virginia, and North Carolina. And that so, sounds like every place we ripping, bro. Why did that sound like yeah. every place we ripping hard, bro? Every place. Yeah. Every place. So this man. is called the Southern Jurisdiction. So this is the Southern Jurisdiction in the Confederate States of the Confederate uh, South. The, the, the invisible, what they call the invisible empire. Okay. Which is, which is this, 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 this group of, of, of slave masters who commission, right? These other group of individuals that's going to participate in the onslaught and the suppression of the depression of the so-called indigenous and Aboriginal people on these shores. So now you got two group of people that's working in unison. So now you have the, the slave masters and the slave catchers working in unison. So now the slave masters, they become uh, what's called today your multinational corporations and your governments or your slave masters, okay, which deals with policies and um, which deals with officers and overseers, which the slave uh, owners were uh, assigning these police to be overseers, okay, or these slave catchers to be overseers. So now when we're dealing with the 13 states in the southern jurisdiction, we have to understand that what's going on in the climate. So if you want to know what's going on today, you have to know what was going on yesterday. So if we take a just brief, just a brief examine and look at history, we can see that the same thing that was happening yesterday is happening today. Uh, now, for one second, just 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 one second, I, I, I just gave y'all the 13 states. Now, I want to give y'all just a brief breakdown and bring y'all up to speed. Now, I want to talk about these these names real quick. And before I say these names, I want to say Ashe to all of the uh, fallen soldiers out there that, that died to, uh, in the hands of uh, police brutality um, and to the families as well, because I know this is a very touchy subject. And I know some of these people, they don't want us to keep discussing their family members because we're reopening up our wounds. So I want to say that I'm, I'm, I'm doing this for the betterment of our people so this won't keep happening. So let me mention some of the names. Laquan McDonald, uh, no trial, no trial yet, but the settlement was $5 million. Um, if we look at uh, Peter Lorraine, which, is, which was the officer that was uh, involved in that, then we go to uh, Tamir Rice settlement, which was six million. We got Michael Brown, which is one point five million. Eric Gardner, which is five point nine million. Um, 
Then we have Alton B. Sterling, who uh, family hasn't got awarded yet. Uh, Paul O'Neill, his family hasn't got awarded yet. Keith Lamont Scott, their family haven't got awarded yet. Now, when we trace most of these uh, unarmed killings of these cops, killing these uh, brothers and sisters of ours, we can clearly see that this is, if you trace it, you can see that this is dealing with the Southern jurisdiction. Okay? This is dealing with them scaring us and terrorizing us in the South because if they, one thing that they understand is that the most fighting and fearfulest and strongest people and mightiest people is coming out of the South. Let's be clear about this. So I want to give y'all an understanding on why they are attacking the South because they understand that the Africans, the stronghold of the African nation is dealing with the South. That's why they went... That's why they go crazy when the rappers put the dresses on and the rappers are always doing the most feminine mannerisms down there nowadays. Softening these blows, G. Uh, one of the brothers, one of the brothers that got shot in the back. Um, I want to get the name right. I'm looking at some paperwork here. Excuse me, y'all. Uh, I'm looking at some paperwork, but I want to make sure that I get the brother's name right so you guys can do your information because I like to give right and exact information. Um, so give me just one second. Uh, the brother, I know that it was in Carolina. I, I know it was in the South Carolina where the brother was running. And it's on YouTube. And they shot the brother in the back. Now, when, when you do the history on South Carolina, now we all know that this is the first state dealing with the southern jurisdiction to actually ratify or to, 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 to uh, bring to fruition or the manifestation of this invisible empire starting with South Carolina and North Carolina. They were the first states to be in the Confederacy. So if you so if you understand, understand and see that they killed this brother on camera, fleeing, unarmed, fleeing, and they shot him in the back, okay? And they shoot this brother in the back on camera and they drop the charge and this brother, the, the only thing that this officer um, gets in trouble for, apprehended for, is for perjury. And so when you study um, parole, the parole board, and, and when you understand that type of charges like perjury and, and things like this, this brother may come up for parole in three years. Right. This might come up for parole in three years. And so you can see why they're able to kill us in certain cities and certain states and get away with it because they have always done this to us. So we have to understand history and talk to our brothers and sisters living in these cities and these states of the southern jurisdiction and start galvanizing our people and understanding um, and trying to deal with the police uh, relations and dealing with community police relations. And speaking of police relations, man, um, I, I think that uh, there needs to be an influx in brothers working in these communities that are from these communities. Um because a lot of these police officers, man, that's working in these communities, they don't understand our culture. They don't understand the slang, the terms, how people talk. Um, they don't know any other people in the community, and they have no respect because at the end of the day, they're going back to their suburban homes, and we still where we at. And like I said, they don't have any um, idea of how we do business in our neighborhoods. And I think that's a big problem, you know, Back back in the day, you know, um, we had police officers in our communities that knew 
the lingo, know how things go, understand that. We need people, more police officers who look like us and who who know about like hip hop culture, who understand, you know what I mean? What's mm-hmm. going on? Because a lot of these police officers in there, they don't have any knowledge of that. They going in there strictly off of um, a self-interpretation of black people in general, which if you turn the TV, it's not very good. And also they probably afraid because a lot of us intimidate them because I, because if not, I don't, if, and if we didn't intimidate them, I don't think they would be doing what they're doing right now. So there needs to be some brothers, man, in our community, man, to get on this police force. They understand some good brothers, some solid brothers to get in there, man, get on the force and can speak and have a voice, um, for, 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 for these young brothers out there, man, maybe we can speak to them and show them another way. Cause um, I think that's a that's a that's a huge issue, man. Um, uh, I, I, but you interject just for one second, then we're gonna let EG, uh, UG come in. I want to hear what my brother got to say. But uh, just to keep it on, on the topic, um, I think the bigger problem is not the police. We that's the effect. We got to go to the cause. This government, these state officials, uh, the chief. Uh, lieutenant, the captains, we have to change these policies and the training of the police. Um, we can put black officers in there all we want to. We can put Hispanic officers all they want to, but as long as these officers have overseers that's over them and that's telling them what that's to what do I was just, and telling them that they can wow. use their gun whenever they just feel say. the necessary need and danger to do it, it doesn't matter. You're just going to have black officers killing black men. You're just going to have Hispanic officers killing black men because the police training and the mindset of these people who putting together these policies, they have very malicious intent behind these Well, now nah, it's almost but like the, the iPhone, if I can simply uh, peacefully interject, it's almost like the iPhone, okay, it's just, it just works because all that just turns to these officers coming to work. It don't turn to the malicious things that we are viewing in that from our side of the tent. You know, you definitely have people out there that's looking and listening to this right now and on a, on on one because they do not see life how we are interpreted right now. Speaking on this issue, you have individuals right now that is just like officers. That's just like it's just turn. It has turned to I I am coming here to do my job, and this is the area that they gave me, and this is the hour. This is what we're looking at. And these guys do not stay in these inner cities. They do not stay in these these areas. They have no uh, uh, rapport at all with the areas at all. That's my point. Uh, that, that, that's what so, I'm getting. So that's more so not not that 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 officer is not blinded and compromised. This is he's just a product of his environment, black or white or whatever color. You know, I, I just kind of speaking on what we all kind of building with this pyramid is that ultimately. Uh, it, you have to roll it up, roll that ball back uphill, starting with the neighborhood, talking about how do you interact with the police officials. And you pretty much take those numbers uh, to the uh, polls on election days, and you're pretty much letting your boy's voice be heard. And at the same time, you're policing yourselves. And you and this gives us the time to uh, look at each other in the face and speak to a brother when he's um, in, in the broad daylight in front of one another to show each other endearment because we have to understand that we have to be each other allies more. So that's also is going to uh, increase the energy flow in our uh, community. And you know what I mean? 
Um, I agree. Um, but see, the bigger problem that we, I, I think that we starting to, we starting to kind of look away from this problem. You can't put a bandaid on a bullet wound. Like right. we keep trying to put band-aids on bullet wounds. If you have a black man that thinks like a white man or a European who wants to, he's just going to suppress you the same way. It doesn't matter if he identifies with your rap music. It doesn't matter. You have to understand the bigger issue. The bigger issue is there is more white officers. First of all, if we going to get to the numbers that are in the police force and not only in the police force who putting out these. Yeah, that, but those numbers exist throughout the ratio of America, if I can most humbly. <laughs> right, right. Throughout America. So the bigger thing has to be the bigger thing has to be we have to talk to the justice system and say we must change these laws. And, and not only that. And well, let me say something to that. Let me well, say- bro, bro, listen, hold on one second. Go ahead. Go ahead. The, 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 the laws do need to be changed, but these these murders and these killings um, are not a product of laws needing to be changed. They're not upholding the laws as they stand right now. Well, of course, no, I, okay, according well, to me, the law, it is. Let me say this. Well, let me say like this. They, they not upholding let me reiterate people that. to the same standard. Because if let's just say me, for example, if I was to go out and I, I own a weapon, I have a license to carry a weapon. If 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 I was to go out with my weapon and I get into it with UG, me and UG arguing or whatever, and UG decides to say, Man, you know what? If you man, I'm leaving or whatever, and he runs away. And I shoot UG in the back as he's running away. That's murder. Because let me guess what? let me reiterate what I'm talking about. Law, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. law, law. Okay, that's let's murder. look at it. That's what's happening. Ooh. That's what's happening. Law. When you're dealing with law, law can only be backed by a military. It has Correct. law to be backed by a military. So what I'm saying is this. What I'm saying is this. When you come to when you come to Houston, just I'm just I'm just pointing to Houston. On Houston. On Houston. Yeah. Okay. When you come to Houston, when you go to uh when you go to uh, the Bel Air area. Well, what the Chinese and the Koreans and the, uh, and these Europeans are right? They have their own police force. They have their right. own banks. So what I'm speaking yeah. of, what I'm speaking of, because when we're dealing with law, we have to understand that the law, the hold of American law, is deal is is held by what's called the Magna Carta, starting in Philadelphia. The Magna Carta was dealing with white supremacy. So you cannot have law without white supremacy. That is the hold of law. So when you see a brother run. And he shoot him in the back. The actually the lawman is right because he's upholding his law. That's why they never get. That, I, I didn't know his law. Hey, I didn't know that. I didn't, the only reason why officers was invented. That's the only indigenous people didn't have law enforcement. Africans didn't have law enforcement. We never had this. This didn't come about until the Europeans corrupted everything. And then when they ruled it and took over power, they said, "Okay, this is gonna be the law. This this is what it's gonna be." This what it's gonna be. You know what I'm saying? So what I'm speaking on, I'm speaking on, I'm saying that us as the people, we have to look at the history of this thing and how they able to do this and understand and overstand that until we band together and come together and, and, and us the people that's getting affected by this disease, say, hey man, we gotta do something. Because imagine a group of lions, right, uh crying to hyenas about the hyenas hunting the lions. Yeah. The hyenas, 
the hyenas ain't gonna even listen to the lion because that is that is is known of um enemy. That's his known yeah. enemy. And so I'm not saying that I'm not saying that all of the police officers are our enemy, but I'm speaking on the hold of what the police officers uphold or is white supremacy dealing with the Magna Carta. Okay, so we have to go and look back at the Magna Carta and understand how they able to do this. How can you kill a brother on camera with no gun? 90% of these cases, they never recover a gun. How can they do it? Because of the Magna Carta. Until we start addressing um, the Constitution and the people who wrote this and who it was wrote for, then we're never going to have any resolve because we're just going to keep going to a system who's keep who's basically turning deaf ear to you. I, and so, I personally wasn't that keen on that information, but I do say my my novice is it's a lot of times I'm clicking on the news and a lot of these officers is in charge uh, with the crime that they committed, and you can line them because up it's not a crime. and because, because and I just because a basic crime. person can see patterns and I don't know I I mean I'm a, if I'm a child brain and if I can ask a childlike question. Why do all the officers get off, or why isn't it an example anywhere? Because man, it's just like I'm, I, I tell you, it's just like man, and, and it's again, just like in the military, bro. It's a certain code with certain things, and people look out for people. They people, they they know. You gotta think, man. Police officers work in a in a government system, and it's a and it's a what? It's like anything else. It's a community. So when you work and you're a police officer, you know the judges. You know the lawyers, you know the paralegals, you know right. the prosecutors, right. you know the prosecutors, you know the, you know everybody from the security guard at the door, from to the to the janitor that's cleaning the floors. So that's why you see what you see because they're a product of their system, and they're not gonna let one of their own, even if it's wrong, be put in a position to go to prison. And be in there with the people that, that that he incarcerated in the first place, because they know what's gonna happen. He's gonna get ate alive. You see what I'm saying? So they already know this. And like he said earlier, um, they upholding the law that they that they hold dear, man. But this is my thing, man. Point blank, period. If you kill somebody, man, and they innocent, you need to be reprimanded. That's what I'm standing on. This, and you and, talk, and that's, that's just. That's just that's just point blank period, man. You can you can pay somebody some money to shut them up, but that's basically what's happening is, man. It's just a it's a, it's a domino effect. I'm, I'm I'm looking at the information. Um, every every time they turn around, they want to get the people some money. But dude, this is the thing: if you kill an innocent kid, you know what I'm saying? If you kill an innocent child, you shoot them in the back, take their life away, take somebody's baby from them. I have two. I I got I got two sons. You understand me? I got two young black boys and I'm raising two young kings. And if a dude come and he kill my son and he take my son from me, I don't just want some money. I want him to go to prison. I want him to die. That's the problem. That's the, That's the all You see what I'm saying? I want I want some money and I want and and I and and I and, and I want you to go to prison. And I want you to die in there. Or I want you to, to die lethal injection if you did if that happened to to one of my boys. The problem you know, if I if, if I don't kill you first. Let's you look at this thing like that's, 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 that's just me my my take on it because when I see these young brothers Jarrell UG I see my son oh, for sure I see I see I see my boys and I'm thinking in my mind man what if that was my child 
You know what I'm saying? Like, no amount of money, no amount of no amount of money, bro, could wipe that away. You know what I'm saying? You could give me a billion dollars, isn't it? So I'm gonna give my baby back. So, so, you know so what I'm saying that we have to address. That's that's the bigger issue that we have to address. Uh, these families, and not to disrespect or yeah, step anybody. Uh, but when you yeah. see the families getting rewarded the six million dollars, then you see the cases go away. So basically, they get. So basically, your child life was worth six million dollars. And that's my point. That's what and I'm so getting. Justice, and so the justice system says, the justice system says, oh, I rewarded you already, civilly. And so you will see, like I said, once again, not to call our names, but I have to call our names so the people can understand where I'm coming from. When you look at Trayvon Martin's family, they were rewarded money. They got, they got, I think, $3 million or $6 million. And so now you don't see them fighting no more for justice because to them, they got justice. They got $6 million. And so now... They, but hold on, Gabriel. Let's 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 break that down real quick. Just real quick. If they if they give you a seven, you ain't that six mil ain't really six mil. We all know that. Because when you get to six mil, you know who you gotta pay, right? Right. Lawyers. I mean lawyers. But let's let's not even talk yeah, about Yeah, you ain't gotta go. Yeah. Let's really, not talk about lawyers. Let's really gonna have Uncle to pay. Sam. Yeah, let's talk about you got you gotta pay Uncle Sam. But but I'm just speaking on I'm speaking you, on you ain't even getting that that whole thing right but I'm speaking on that we we accepting payouts that we yeah. accept payouts for the death of our family now I want to say this so I won't forget um when we deal with the root of how we used to deal with people murdering other people's family now as for instance when you said your two sons if somebody was to murder your two sons now what well, we have to go in and, and adjust the law the so-called law and justice system is this. I feel like the families don't get enough say so in what happens to these people. I think the family should actually be a part of the trial. They should be the ones that that's a part of the jury. They should be the ones judging you. Okay? That they should we should have at least one or two of those family members up there speaking and on the behalf of their family because this is this is true justice because back in the day before we had any police force or anything of that nature any courts, the families the families would go out and, and associate and meet with each other and say, okay, your brother murdered my sons. And then they would investigate and say, okay, according to this witness, this witness, this witness, and this witness, and this witness, this happened and this didn't happen. And this makes sense. And this doesn't make sense. We were the justice system. And so when you have the families and the people actually serving as the justice system, you will start to see more justice come about. Because if you go out and murder somebody innocently, Right. And hastily, you kill two people. And then those those two people you kill, if we release you to their family, I guarantee you we would have, have a lot less murders. I guarantee you, of if you, course if you, you murder of, somebody, you ain't going course. to jail. You're going to the hands of the family. We're going to let the family handle you. OK. And so we taking the power out of our hand, giving it to big government giving it into the hand of the big government, giving it into the police officers, giving it into all of these other things. Well, once again, police officers are policy overseers. What's the policy? Okay, the manuscripts of the Magna Carta, the Constitution, and all of these other amalgamated pieces of paper that they uh, of rule that they put together when they took over the Americas to say we are the rule and these are the rules. So the policy is they decree, okay? Is 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 they decree, and we are the property. Because when you're dealing with policy, when you're dealing with contracts, and you're dealing with paperwork, 
Okay, when you're dealing with paperwork, you're dealing with corporations. America, the United States of America is a corporation because we have a president. Presidents have nations. So we have to understand all of this. We, we, we have to really go and look at all of this and break this thing down and understand what's really going on. That, that, that this is true, but at the same time, man, um, in reality, what you're saying, I, I agree with as far as um, if you had people um, released to the families that did certain crimes once the, once they were found guilty, um, you want you would have a lot less murders. But at the same time, we we got to deal in reality, man. And 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 as of right now, or maybe even in our lifetime, we won't see that. And for the time being, with where we at right now, and the laws that we have right now, they can be enforced on these individuals. You see what I'm saying? They can be enforced. They 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 can. No, I'm, I'm asking for clarity. Are you saying, and for the people, because I want to be very clear. Yeah. Are, are, are right. you saying that we can apply what law? You saying their law to to these police officers who are killing? Uh, well, the laws are written right now. As they're written, they're written. They, they they go for everybody, even the police officers. But they're not enforcing it on them. Why they're using loopholes and and settlements and everything else to to get them and wiggle them out of the shit. But if they were to uphold the actual law to what it says, as far as what you, if you kill somebody and you go by these police, because the police have a policy. They got people called internal affairs. Internal affairs are the people who investigate these murders when cops commit crimes. Facts. You see what I'm saying? Right. And the, if, the, if the people in internal, affair, or internal affairs were to enforce these laws on these officers on, who on camera deliberately kill these people, then they will go to prison for life or even die of lethal injection. But what I'm saying is they're not doing that because um, they don't want to do it to one of their own. And again, they don't want to send them to prison because they know what's going to happen to a police officer in prison. You put a police officer in the main population with the same people that he incarcerated. Good luck. The biggest, you know, what I'm saying? no, you, you, you know what I mean. No disrespect to nobody in their families. No disrespect yeah. because, right? You know, a lot of people, um, you know, they are preying on our people. You know, they got three and four officers jumping on these brothers. So what I want to say, I want to, I want to lie. I, I would like to walk very lightly on this subject as well, but. The biggest problem here, I did a video on this about two years ago before they hacked my YouTube page and my Facebook and shut it down. Um, we cowards. I got to be real with you. I got to keep it a buck with you. All right. Because that's what I'm sitting here to do. I'm sitting here to clear all of this shit up. Excuse my language, but yeah. I'm here to clear this yeah. thing up and I'm not going to tiptoe around the tulips. I'm not going to keep on, you know what I'm saying, putting us on this hamster wheel. This discussion is something we've been discussing since, these, since the beginning of when we met up with the European. So my, my thing is this, we have to pull ourselves up by a bootstrap and say, we're not going to let you murder us no more. We're not going to be a victim no more. You know, we're not going to stand by and we're going to do it for ourselves or else by any means necessary, by Malcolm X. You know what I'm saying? By the, by the great quote of uh, Malik El Hashabad said, by any means necessary until black people in this country, in America, Live by the words of Martin Luther, uh, excuse me, by Malcolm X, by any means necessary, then we're going to always be victims. That's, I mean, and that's just what it is, you know. Uh, so we, so you're looking at a people that's in a system that's crying for help. And the system that they're crying to is the same system that's making them a victim. 
And so you don't. Well, let's just let's, let's play. Let's just play devil's advocate for a minute, man. Let's just say we went to war with the Europeans. Okay. Let's say black folks went to war with white folks. Okay. In my opinion, and 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 this is my opinion from growing up, man, and 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 dealing with both sides, both um, races of people. Most white people, especially in the South, man, they're very good with weapons. They know how to break weapons down. They know how to shoot. They teach their children how to shoot. They know how to hunt. They know how to kill animals. They specialize in that area. Right. Most white people I know own several weapons. Right. They have lockers at their house and their whole family know how to use a weapon from the smallest child to the biggest person. But in the black community, bro, most black people, man, don't even know how to hold a gun right. Most of them. And a lot of them scatter guns. Um, and if we was to really fight with them, go to war with them, that would be a very, very, that would be a very uphill battle, man. Not, not Let's just say we, you, you outnumber them. And I'm not talking down on my people saying they don't, they don't know how to use guns, but most of them I know that I know, black folks I know, they're not up, they don't, they're not into weapons like that. They don't, they don't, they, they don't, they, they don't get into it like that. But most whites I know, man, especially in the South, they on that gun shit hard. You know what I'm saying? That's something that will have to be taught to our people how to use weapons the right way, how to arm yourselves, how to get a license. And that's another thing. To get a gun, you got to get a license. A lot of our brothers, they felons or been to prison. And it can't even get a weapon legally anyway. You see what I'm saying? See, so that's a that's a whole that's a whole nother situation. See, that's like, when you when you fighting wars, wars are always fought first on a mental plane. You know what I'm saying? That's that, that that's that's my thing, man. I think logically this thing will have to be looked now, at. Logically. Let me say this. I think what you're speaking on when you're saying white people, I'm not speaking on white people as a whole. I think I right. think so so let me clear this up. I don't think that every white person is against us. I don't think that every no, right? of course not. So, so, so when we speaking on uh, uh, not allowing them to intrude on our rights and step on us, I'm speaking up, standing up on all levels. I ain't just talking about picking up a gun. I never said to go okay. out and go and go. Let's let's go shoot the first officer that we see. I never said that. And so I'm not speaking right. on guns. If we and this is why I keep alluding back to history. If that's the case. Right. Then how did how did we get our freedom? And, and and give me a second to build on this. How do we get our freedom? Let's go back to the Gullah and Geechee Wars. Let's go back to uh Dessaline. Let's go back to Tucson Overture. Let's go back to the Seminole Wars. Let's go back to all of these wars fighting the Europeans and these people that were suppressing us. They had more weapons than us. They were more trained than we they did. You see what I'm saying? They did. But but they also back then, man, black people had a different mentality. You see but, what I'm saying? But once again, the, the, once again, let me let me go into my bit, and I'm gonna get to that. I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna bring it around full circle. I'm gonna bring everything around full circle. Now, when we deal with our ancestors, like I said, and when you're dealing with the rules of war, war is a mental thing. War, of course, war, war. first on war is deception. Right, right. It's mm -hmm. a it's it's a mental thing. So when you're dealing on a right. on a mental plane, the first thing is you have to have the cognizance to say in the will to say that by all means necessary once again I'm going to do whatever it is necessary whether I have to die right. whether I have to pray whether I have to study whether we have to run in groves whether we have to whatever it is that we feel fit that we have to do 
then we're going to have to do that. And it's not going to come from my solution, from one solution, from your solution, Correct. from UG solution. It's not going to come from one conversation, from one group. This is something that it, it, it's going to take a long time because this is a this is a very big problem that's been going on for a very, very, very large amount of time. Now, also, I want to speak on when we're talking about standing up for ourselves, we have to take into, into consideration that most people, when you think about standing up for yourself against police brutality, we automatically say, oh, so if we start a war today between black and white, then how are black going to do this because white people are more trained? And that's what most people say that that, that are conscious and they understand. They say uh, white people have more weapons and this and that and this and that. But what we have to take into account is that most of these so-called Europeans that's out here every day that's working a nine to five jobs, that's not the ones that you have an issue with. It's the policy makers. It's these policy Correct. Now, let me say this too, Jarrell. When I, when I, I'm just, I was just speaking because because a lot of brothers, I'm speaking because a lot of brothers, they have that mentality. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's what I'm, I'm coming I from. I got you. Got you. Uh, you know what I'm saying? No, no, I'm a, with a, you. a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people, man, they have that mentality. And I'm just speaking on reality, like from my reality and what I see is from, where I've been and the people that I've touched bases with. I can't speak for everybody. I'm just speaking on my, through my experience, what I've seen. We got so many now, damn guns, it don't make no damn sense. So we know that it's not going to come from the guns because I ain't going to put no brother's name out there. But I know brothers that got all kind of shit, all right? And I'm talking about... Of, of course, of, of, of course. But what, I, what I'm speaking is, you know, everybody always say, you know, when, when they use that term by any means necessary, the first thing that pops somebody's mind is what? Violence. That's the first thing popping in their mind right. when you say by any means necessary because historically that's what that meant. When somebody say by any means, that means, God damn it, usually, usually violence is one of the first things that you see. And I'm just simply stating, say, hey, okay, let's say we're going we, we gonna to go there. You know what I'm saying? This is, the re, this is a reality that we have to deal with. Now, I think, um, I'm not, not saying I think, let me go back to what you were saying before when you were talking about the history, right? Okay. Uh, and how about for our freedom? We fought our, for our freedom through, through through policies and procedures. You know what I mean? Paperwork. You know what I mean? Like you were saying, um, a lot of people don't know about the slave narratives that were written. You know what I'm saying? To to help widen people's eyes to what was going on during slavery, to, to kind of help change the minds of people to get us up out of that rut that we was in. And like you said, I totally agree. It needs to be on all levels, you know, on all levels to to make this change, not just with violence, not just with arming yourself, but arming yourself with knowledge to 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 to, to fight. Because, like you said, man, it's a it's a huge problem. It's a and and it's a huge. Problem. It's a it's a huge problem. It's not going to be one solution. It's not going to be just pick up a gun. And that's why I said by any means, yeah. by any yeah. any any means, all any. Right. All thing, what whatever that right. we have to do, and so uh, you know, and so when I'm speaking on standing up, we have to understand that we gonna have allies, okay? We gonna have allies yeah. that we can't see right now because we are not moving, right. and so we not we not having um foresight, and so the only foresight that we always have is oh shit, what's gonna happen if we start to stand up? White people gonna start killing us? They got more guns? They got more this? No, you have to use more foresight than that, okay? Because you have history that serves as a compass and as a needle that allows you to bring you back to your destination whenever you get lost. So you have to we have yeah. to look at history and understand what our ancestors did and what was going on and how they're galvanizing with each other. You had the Cubans, 
you had the Dominicans, you had uh, you had all of these different groups of, of 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 people who understood that they were victims and being oppressed and suppressed by this American government. And so these people have not forgot that. They have not forgot what this government has done to them. And so these people will be our allies too as well. And so we have to start looking for allies as well. And not only that, I want to speak on something. Um, uh, what I think, is, and I don't want to say that everybody go back to Africa, okay? And I am a Pan-African, let me say that, which in Pan-African, for y'all that don't know, means that uh, Africa abroad, which means that Jamaican people, people in Cancun, people everywhere, melanated people, the original people are Africans everywhere. You're just speaking another language now. And so I'm not saying that we all go back to Africa, but what I am saying is that if we know that in America, our problems are not getting solved here, why not start looking to other countries and going to other countries and building there? You know what I'm saying? And really taking down this infrastructure. It's so many other ways. And I'm not going to even talk about it on this, on this airways, because I think that's one of our biggest problems too, is that we talk about, we discuss too many of our goals on air. And, you know, we right. love to tell what we're going to do and how we're going to move. Meanwhile, the government doesn't televise nothing. They don't televise yeah. anything. They're moving. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's something that we have to learn to do is learn to start to move and stop being um, in a state of, of paralysis by analysis. Just keep on having these conversations about police brutality. Keep on having these uh, conversations about police brutality. So what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about the police brutality? We understand that we have black on black uh, crime as well. You know, and when you Correct. look at statistics, I want to show some statistics real quick so this doesn't get lost in the south because I know people right. there are, are numbers. So this number right here, it says this is a number of African-American uh, citizens by uh, police enforcement in 2018. It says 56 unknown, 23 were black, 47 were Caucasian, 17 was Hispanic, and three others. Now it says police officers have killed 466 people in 2018. Police officers have killed 1,147 people in 2017. More white people are killed in police shootings than black Americans overall. White Caucasians are statistically less likely to be killed by police than blacks. According to statistics, whites outnumber Africans in, African in America. Whites are 62% versus blacks the 13%. You must take demographics in account or the stats are misleading and at least inaccurate. So now what this says is that more white people, according to their numbers, according to their stats, more, more of them die, but we are still more likely by two and a half, by 2.5 times to be shot by Caucasian because we only make up 13% of the American population. And also the federal government does not keep an accurate log on police shootings, according to the Washington Post. Okay. Right. And um, so now, when we're dealing with these numbers, when we're dealing with all of these numbers, we have to do a breakdown on this and understand and see what's going on. And so now that's dealing with the numbers. And so the numbers say that it's not just black people that's dying. It's it's all of the citizens. And so I want to I want to hone in on that to kind of go back to what I was saying five minutes ago to segue back into what I was saying five minutes ago and that. um the regular nine to five workers, white people are not your enemy. It's the, it's the, it's the policy uh, makers. That's your enemy. And so you can see that it's that the white people are targeted as well. 
as well that they are being targeted. So the bigger problem is the police force in general. It's the police force. So now we know what the problem is. It is the police force. So now we have to get with all communities and all walks of life of people who are being affected and we have to galvanize them and proactively come up with ways and solutions to take to the government and say, hey, well, how about we do this for police officers? Or how about, hey, we do this for police officers? And so that's something that we have to take into, uh, into consideration. And also, um, how many female, how many female black women are actually dying? You have that by these murders, it's only being 15% are, are black females that are getting killed. So we can clearly see who's actually there hunting. They're hunting the male. They're hunting the male species. And so we can clearly see when we break down these numbers what we need to do because numbers don't lie. And so we have to go and break these numbers down to the logistics. And then by these numbers, then we can start coming up with solutions and, and, and creating polls of our own and seeing what to do. And then organizing ourselves and creating these groups and creating a voice by using YouTube, Instagram, going out into the community, having seminars, whatever it is that you have to do to make your voice be heard. I think we have to work a lot harder than just going to the government. You know, with, with YouTube and everybody having a voice, we, you, can, you can create your own voice that your voice becomes so powerful that the government has to deal with you. Because right. the people, because you're starting to wake the people up and you're starting to actually disturb the climate that they have created. And so they will actually have to uh, reevaluate how they deal with us just based on how we're dealing with them. And so that's what I want to do. I want to bring the solutions. I, I don't want to just focus on the problem. I think the biggest problem is we're on a hamster wheel because we keep talking about, oh, police brutality, police brutality. That's that's fine. That police, I mean, it's not fine, but we know that that's the problem. Now let's go on to how do we solve this thing? Because we And, and we're going to have to take the government out of this thing. We're going to have to take the government out at this time because we have been going to the government and that does not work. So why keep running to a brick wall if you know that you can't run through that brick wall? If you know that it's a brick wall. Okay? So we have to start forming our own systems and coming together and galvanizing the people in the way that we see fit, that we see fit for our people if we're going to stay here um, in America. And like well, I you know, it's 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 definitely something that needs to be visited as far as us doing something in, in, in the communities. But also, man, again, that goes back to giving um, black people a knowledge of self and having the mindset to do so. You know, people in the community feel so oppressed. They feel they so de depressed with what's going on, man. A lot of people don't even have the mindset to do so. And that's another thing, man, that, that that needs to be done for that to even come into fruition is people need to be taught knowledge of self and this history that you were speaking on before and, and, and the root of where this comes from so they can have an understanding or an, and an overstanding of why this is the way it is. This is how it came about. And through this group, this is how we're going to move forward. Um, and again, man, it all goes back to, like you said, organization, setting everything up and us taking responsibility. And that's another thing too, man. Um, like you was talking about, uh, you was talking about black on black crime, right? Mm -hmm. Earlier. That's a that's another reason why I think that 
um, these police don't care about killing us because we killing ourselves. You know what I'm saying? That's they, and, and, and they and that's another reason. That's another reason why they justified. You know, just to keep it all the way real and, and to keep it a hundred, man. A lot of these people don't care about killing a black person or killing a nigga or whatever you want to call it because we do it to ourselves. You know what okay. I mean? You, we, we ain't got to speak on the cities where this is happening at, but I just know in my own hometown, man, where I, where I come from, it's so much black-on-black crime that it's ridiculous. So my thing is this. We should do what you said, man. Organize in our communities, have a neighborhood watches in our communities, um, set up a system where we can protect ourselves, but at the same time, take responsibility in our communities and stop selling drugs to each other, stop gang banging on each other, stop shooting each other and taking from one another and have a community like we had in Black Wall Street, where we were a thriving economic force that supported ourselves. You see that's, what I'm saying? Man, that's you, big facts. Um, you know what I'm saying? It's two things that I want to touch on, because I know we got uh, we about to wrap it up in a little bit. It's two things, and I want to touch on that, what you said about the unification and all these things. You got... According to the statistics of the um, History Channel on Gangland on gangs, it says that we have uh, 2.5 estimated, 2.5 million bloods, 1 million Crips. So that's 3.5 million unified brothers that are unified with, with, with a common goal to stand and die for Crip and blood. So when we look at this, that's an army. That's an army. army. You talking yeah. about five million brothers for one cause? Now we oh. can look at it. We can look at it as yeah, they murdering each other and they killing each other. Now look at it. Now let's look at this thing on reverse. Let's look at the other side of the car or the pendulum. The pendulum swings, right? The pendulum swings one way is the black on black prime. But what happens when that pendulum swings the other way? And that's why we have to start organizing. And what I'm doing, I don't want to speak too much of my business online, but I will give this out to the people. Because I want the people to understand that what I'm doing and what I'm setting up, like I'm working with the Bloods and Crips and I'm planning on bringing some of them on this show to to show the people the work. I'm not just talking. I got Bloods and Crips living under the same roof because of me, because of what I unified. And these brothers, you know what I'm saying? These brothers who, who I'm talking about, these are young brothers that they are in the gang thing and they have murdered people. And But by me giving them, the root of what it started from, the Bloods and the Crips started from the Peace Stones and the Black Panthers because the, we had to unify from the lynchings, from these lynch mobs. And so we was unifying and coming together and we was building programs to feed the babies. The Black Panthers put together the WIC program. And so what we have to do is go back and get a Bloods and Crips, tell them, hey, I'm not telling you that, you know, you guys have to put y'all flags down and what y'all doing. I'm saying that go back to the roots and why you doing what you doing. You understand? And so... I understand that the black on black crime is at an all time high and it is a problem. And that's something that we have to deal with. We can't go to the government for that. And that's once again, that's the community coming in right. and, and hey, uh, we're not going to stand for no game banging. Now, y'all can rep y'all sets and y'all can do this as long as y'all unified, but we ain't standing for game banging. You just coming up, shooting up the neighborhood because of a color and his kids out here. You know what I'm saying? And babies getting caught up in it that didn't have nothing to do with it. You got so many innocent people that's getting killed in these wars than it is actually the people that's involved in the wars. So Correct. What Correct. We have collateral, to do, just a lot of collateral damage. A lot of uh, collateral damage. So we have to do is not judge these brothers 
and understand that these brothers that's, that are killing each other, a lot of these brothers are damaged. A lot of these brothers are hurt. A lot of these brothers have been raped. A lot of these brothers have been victimized. A lot of these brothers didn't have fathers and mothers. And so it's a it's something that we have to deal with on a psychological level. We have a lot of psychological hangups and a lot of psychological impingements. And my second point that I wanted to allude to and get to was that um, what we have to do, you know, it's not it's not nothing that's, you know, that can't be done. You know what I mean? It's enough of us. It's enough of us here to get the job done if we all come together and see each other as family. But we have to see each other as one. We can't see each other as separate. You know what I'm saying? We can't because we can't unify under that umbrella by seeing each other as one. And the last thing I want to touch on is a nigger hunting license. For all y'all out there, y'all probably never heard of this, but it was a such thing called a nigger hunting license. Some people saying that it wasn't real, but I did a, I'm doing a case study right now. It's a brother, his name was Randall. And uh, Randall claimed that he found a nigger hunting license and saw the nigger hunting license being passed around at a 1995 roundup or what is known as a good old boys roundup. This was an annual whites only event run by agents of the Bureau of Alcohol and Tobacco and Firearms in, 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 in uh, Tennessee. Okay, from 1980 to 1986, um, and it says that they were involved in heavy drinking and strippers. There were also allegations of the Ku Klux Klan rally pervading after this event. Okay, and this is all coming from um, the ATF director, John McGow. And so right. we got to understand the nigger hunting license as well. And they were handing out supposedly these nigger hunting licenses at these gun shows. And you can pull this up on Google. You can pull yeah. this up. The nigger hunting license. So we have to understand the overall history of this country, and then we can kind of understand how we can deal with the climate of the country. Right. And uh, like you said, man, a lot of different issues with this police brutality thing, man, from, like I said, everybody got their different views of, you know, going to war with these people, um, you know, doing it the, the Christian way or the whatever way. We just got to figure out what what way is best for um, us as a people to unify, man? And, and more than anything, for me, man, um, I just want black people to unite and understand that we got too much segregation within our own neighborhoods, man. And we want to unify like these other races of people would, and we were to uphold ourselves to a certain standard we wouldn't have to worry about these kind of things because we all will be holding each other up to a certain standard, keeping ourselves in order and balance. And we will have policies and procedures in our own communities um, to make sure that people doing what's right. And until we take some responsibility for ourselves and hold ourselves in a higher esteem, we're going to continue to see what we, what, what we're seeing now. And um, I hope I see in my lifetime, Black people do that. I hope uh, before I leave this earth, and I'm gonna do everything I possibly can to to help that. Um, I just hope that we as a people get a certain level of consciousness, man, and, and get this demon consciousness out of our minds, and and stop killing each other, um, stop selling dope to each other, stop doing all these things, and making these police officers come into our neighborhoods and police us. You see what I'm saying? If we could take that responsibility, stop doing that. And, and if an officer do do something, if the justice system was to hold them accountable, things would be a lot better, you know. Some of these like, officers 
man, they on drugs too. They, you know, that's something we're not talking about. A lot of these officers on drugs. They drugged up. They on alcohol. You know, um, and so we got to understand that when you look at the level of aggression that they are displaying, you right. know, a lot of times these people on drugs, man, people don't understand. Police officers take pills. They smoke weed. You know, they do narcotics. And so, you know, they are not beyond reproach. And that's one of the big problems is that we starting to believe that these officers are beyond reproach. You right. know, but some of our brothers are police officers, some of our aunts some of our cousins. And so it's intertwined. Right. And it's deeply intertwined. You know, it's deeply intertwined. And so we do have some good officers out there. And so I and you know to- what? That's I another thing to- too, Jarrell. Huh? That's another thing too. You mentioned that there are some good uh, officers out there, man. I, I really feel bad for them as well because the people who, you know, doing what's right, who doing the right thing, they get thrown right in the barrel with the ones who ain't. You know. It's just like us, you know, for the black yeah. people it's doing right, yeah. we're doing the barrel of 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 ignorance, you know, and they think you know, for our people, they think yeah. we're all ignorance and we all materialistic and we all foolish and you know things of this nature. And so, right. you know, they think that we can only uh that we can only behave in a in a in a lower nature and our lower selves. And so, you know, that's something that we have to work hard at and uh taking that image out of the mind of the people. Right. I think this is something that really must 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 be worked towards, not just spoken on, because I think we've been talking too much. You know, we've Correct. been too much. And I think a lot of times people don't understand this police brutality until it hit home, until it res- it doesn't resonate right. until one of your family members get killed or one of yeah. your friends get killed or one of your coworkers get killed. And so that's a sad, that's a sad thing. And the reason but being is because of fear. F E A R. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That's a that's yeah. a big word. Facts, facts appearing to be real. That's what fear is. Fake yeah. it's appearing to be real. That's what fear is. Fake evidence appearing to be real. You know what I'm saying? It's delusion. And so they have us locked down. They have us mentally locked down and spiritually locked down with this fear. And so when they kill a brother on TV or sister on TV, they they show this stuff 80 times. You see it on Facebook 80 times. You see it. You know, they playing it over and over, putting it in your head. And so this is them buck breaking all again, once again, taking, saying, you see what we'll do to you? You see what we'll do to your people? And nobody can save you and nobody can help you. So this is a psychological war that we are at as well. We have to go back into our original spiritual systems as well. And we have to cleanse spiritually and understand that we have got away from our mores and folk rays, you know, and our gods and our cultures as the great Khalid, Dr. Khalid, Muhammad said, you know, we have got away from our folk ways and our ways of our ancestors. And so we have to go back into our spiritual systems and go back into our righteous way of living that that worked for us, you know, that had us in harmony and had us in unison. So we have to look at all of these things. I'm not going in on religion, but I have to touch on it for a second because the Protestant church, the Protestant church, which are the people who, who some of the people who actually fueled the KKK, who reunited the KKK in the 1920s and 1930s, who would go on to bomb Wall Street, the Protestant church, okay, of Martin Luther. We have to look at this, that these religions also as well won't allow us to get justice because some of us believe that, you know, leave it in the hands of God and turn the cheek and leave it in the hands of the justice system. And you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and take it out of our hands. And so, we have to readjust our way of thinking, our way of living, our way of treating each other, our way of talking to each other, and our way of socializing. 
And then in turn, when we do change these things internally, we will see that these things will reflect externally. Most definitely, man. Again, man, we had the boy UG, Untamed and Gone. Um, I'm on Ray, a.k.a. Jarrell Wilson. Thank you, man, for giving me the um, opportunity to talk to you again, man. It's always an honor and a pleasure. Uh, thank you for giving your your knowledge, man, and um, your energy. It's always a great thing, man. Look forward to having you coming through again, man, as always. Um, this is the Wake Your Ass Up podcast on your ass. Line one time for your motherfucking mind. And again, thank you for listening. Hotel Pooh.